Richard Blissbrook here. We are live. You sit here today with none other than Mark Victor Hansen. Bob Proctor. This is Kendra Hall. Tanya Stringer. Jeff Canfield. Whit Jones. James Clear. Les Brown. People want to hear stories. I like getting stories out of my guests here. So thanks for joining us. The great Tom Chenault has a massive network of over a million people. This super connector is the CSO and co-founder of Contact Mapping, one of the best CRM apps inspired by his secret to success, which you'll get to hear about today. Tom's a keynote speaker, co-host of the Legacy Leadership Show, along with his son, Adrian, and a global force in the world of business and sobriety. His openness about his journey to recovery has served as a beacon of hope for countless others. From the power of the coffee shop interview, to the art of staying connected, to the days when the great Tom Chenault was more like a first-class jerk. Join me for some laughs, epic stories, and wisdom from one of my favorite people to chat with. Hey, 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 hey. We're live. The great Tom Chenault is in the house. Whoa. <laughs> hey, Tom Chenault. Oh, yeah, nice shirt. Yeah. Thank you. Go Buffs. Oh, no. That'd be the Nuggets. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to the Authentic Networker broadcast. I just gave you a killer introduction of Tom Chenault before we dropped in here. So we'll dispense with all of those details. But here at the Authentic Networker, what we love to do is interview and get the stories and the distinctions uh, of those people that have built massive sales organizations and legacy network marketing companies. And Tom has done a great deal for our profession, not just building a huge team in uh, his company, Longevity, but he's the founder along with his son of Contact Mapping, which is one of the best, most potent CRMs in our profession. And he is of course a keynote a speaker on all the big stages in network marketing from GoPro to AMP to, um, let's see, that would be uh, Ray Higdon's event, which would be Rank Makers. There isn't a stage that inspires people to build empires in network marketing that Tom Chenault has not graced. Why is that? Well, because he's done it. A million people on his team <laughs> scattered somewhere all over the world. And so we're going to hear about Tom's network marketing story today, how he got started, uh, and some parallel themes in his life, because network marketing is not even the biggest thing that Tom has going in his life and not even his biggest contribution to people out in the world. We're going to talk about sobriety. We're going to talk about family. We're going to talk about finances. And we're going to talk about network marketing. Good morning, Tom Chenault from Longmont, Colorado. Well, good morning, Richard Brooke. And I'm sorry about my camera. It broke down at the very last second and I can't. So now I'm on this cruddy camera, which isn't helping anything because I had that other camera with all the face smoothing and I was going to look like Hollywood Henderson. Instead, I look like a 72-year-old train wreck, which is what I really am. So thank God the computer broke and I'm here 100% authentically and completely vulnerable to your terrible questions. <laughs> well, I have a half a dozen cameras sitting on my desk here. I'll send you one so that you have a backup. So, hey, Tom, let's get into it because the people watching this either live, hey, if you're live, drop in the comments, where are you from? Uh, maybe even what company you're building. And uh, if you are a network marketer, if you're not, if, you, if you're tuning in because Tom has inspired you in your journey of sobriety, tell us how many days, months, and years you have sober. Because that we'll talk about that with Tom. That's a big part of what he does in life. Who are you? Where are you? What company are you building? If you're sober, how long you've been sober? No, 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 and, no that's not fair. You're, you're getting rid of three quarters of your crowd. Also, tell us if you're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> it's noon. It's noon in Colorado. How many drinks have you had so far today? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's five o'clock somewhere. Uh, 
And hey, if you have a Tom Chenault story, like where he has touched your life or introduced you to somebody or been a uh, powerful listening ear for you, drop your story in the comments. And of course, share this right now live with all of your channels so that people out there in the world get the Tom Chenault story. So Tom, let's go back 30 years. <laughs> Who was Tom Chenault 30 years ago? Or oh, maybe I'll go back 31 years. Who was Tom Chenault 31 years ago? And how did you find your way to network marketing? 31 years ago, I was sober three years. So I think what he's trying to say is 35 years ago. Where 35 I, years ago. And I was coming off of two disturbing the pieces and two DUIs in one month. Hey, congrats. <laughs> oh, that's not very many people have ever done that. Congratulations. That's a bad month. But I'll tell you what, the statistic about that, because this is an interesting show, is normally if you get one, the jig is up. And if you're a real alcoholic, you just say heck with it. And you do that. That month is not unique. You just go hog wild. And it was so funny on the fourth trial date, because I'm a big time stockbroker and I walk in there with my Brooks Brothers shoot, suit and uh, the judge looks up and he looks down and he kind of scowls at me and goes, where's your client? And I go, I am the client, sir. And he just goes, you're kidding me. And because uh, I was just such a poster boy on the outside and such a train wreck on the inside. And uh, that didn't slow me down at all. Uh, that judge was so great because he sentenced me to a psychiatrist because they thought anybody making this much money acting like that had to be crazy. And the psychiatrist said, there's nothing wrong with you other than you're a drunk. I go, well, how do we fix this? He, she goes, go to AA. And I said, what's AA? And the rest is history. Wow. In 33 years. How many 35, days? Richard. 35, 35 yeah. years sober? Yes. Wow. That's quite an accomplishment. But uh, we'll get a little deeper into it. But the people that you have coached and inspired and connected um, and got on the phone with and saved their lives is it's kind of the same story of network marketing. You have an exponential reach throughout the world of people that your story and your heart and your commitment to helping people who want help uh, has saved a lot of lives. So now connect us to network marketing, big time stockbroker, all that Brooks Brothers suit and everything. How did you find network marketing? Um, network marketing found me. I was, uh, I'm everybody's poster child. I've got a lot of charisma a giant ego and quite low self-esteem. So I was everybody's perfect prospect uh, when I was a stockbroker and I was making, the last year I was a stockbroker, I made $877,000. So I had a pretty good opinion of myself. And when I got sober, the sponsor, the guy that tells you how to stay sober told me to stop doing what got me drunk in the first place. And he meant stop drinking, but I thought he meant quit my job. So I quit my brokerage job. And that was a total train wreck because I was untouchable. I know one, you know, I was a hand grenade with the pin pulled. Nobody wanted to rehire me. I weighed about 400 pounds. I was just a mess. I was purple. And uh, I walked into the firms and they just wouldn't take the chance. They knew that the juice wasn't worth the squeeze. So I am trying everything I can. I lived in Columbine Country Club where they played the PGA with the famous Rick Riley, Sports Illustrated writer and all these other guys. And uh, here I am broke and living in that country club and no prospects. Uh, I tried to get a job because I had restaurant experience. They told me they didn't have a big enough uniform for me. So I looked in the paper and said, I got to find another job. And there was a, a waiter's job for the railroad. And you left on Monday and, and you came back Friday and you just waited on people on these railroad cars. And I knew I could do that. And I also knew I could get away from my ex-wife who hated me and it was going to be the perfect job. And I applied for that. And they told me I wouldn't fit in the aisles. So that was more humiliating. So I'm coming home and I'm just like ready to go to McDonald's and apply for a job. 
I came home, I pull out a piece of paper and it says unlimited income opportunity. I go, that's not bad. No credit check. I go, whoa, that's pretty good. No background check. We are going to heaven. Start today. I go, I am calling this guy. So I call him on the phone and it's a guy named Eric McKelvey. And I go, what is this? He goes, blah, blah, blah. I go, no, buddy, what is this? He goes, what's what? I go, this coupon I've got tells me these four things. Is it true? He said, oh, yes, it's true. And I said, wonderful. I'm in. He goes, what? I go, I'm in. I go, he goes, what do you mean I'm in? I go, I'm in. He goes, I'll send you some information. I go, no, I'm coming over to your house. So I peel over to his house in my 1981 Honda that I got for $1 because my father-in-law gave it to me. And um, I go peeling into his driveway and I walk in his house and it smells like cats. I hold my nose. I sit down. I sign up. I buy five of the products. I write a check. I walk out the door and I look at the guy and I go, where do I get more of these things? And he go, he smirks at me and goes, we'll cross that bridge when we get into, when we get there. And he didn't know. He says, I, and I, that's just, I would have made me so mad. I sold all five of them before I got home because I'd written a hot check. And that was my start into the network marketing business. The great Tom Chenault, who wasn't great, the ego-driven Tom Chenault, who acted like he invented network marketing. I just stood up there and lied through my teeth from stages about how I discovered network marketing, quit my brokerage job, analyzed all the companies on the planet and chose this one. Because in network marketing, we're very, very good at rewriting history to make ourselves the hero. And I had an epic speech and people were believing me until they didn't believe me. So they signed up but they realized in five minutes I was full of bullets, so they'd quit. So I had to constantly be filling up the pipeline and a guy grabs me. I was like a huge qualified muckety-muck in the comp plan. I was buying my check. They were quitting faster than they were going in. I knew if I kept living this lie in the, in the business, I would be just like the brokerage business and I would start drinking because I was living a lie. And this guy walked up to me and said, Tom, I go, what? He goes, you got charisma. I go, I know. And you could talk people into doing anything. I go, I know. And the only problem is you are going to take a lot of people into bankruptcy. You are going to go broke enthusiastically and take other people with you. And I go, what are you talking about? He goes, you are just such a mess. You don't care about anybody but you. You'll do anything to get somebody to sign up. You'll lie through your teeth about everything. And I'm telling you, a lot of people are going to join you. They're all going to leave you. They're going to, you're going to flame out in a huge blaze of glory. And you're going to blame this profession. And I just need you to know that I think you're a first-class jerk. <laughs> Good coaching. I heard him. I freaked out. I'd done the landmark for him. I had done, I had been in Alcoholics Anonymous and I just said, he's right. And so I completely reinvented myself over the next couple of months to do exactly the opposite of what got me in. And that's tell the truth as fast as I can, treat people like human beings and not prospects and love like crazy, then love more. And I built a career on what I learned in Alcoholics Anonymous and the Landmark Forum. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, and you also must have invented the stigma that network marketing is a profession for losers and desperate people. <laughs> I was a loser and a desperate person on the inside, but I had this shiny outside like most people. And I just figured you had to show them all the flash and everything that the FTC doesn't like I was. Yeah. And so I'm very present to that now. I've kind of dedicated my life to telling the truth as fast as I can, not only in network marketing, but in every area of my life. And uh, it's worked out really, really well for me on a lot of fronts. Yeah. It's one of the things that uh, I love about you, Tom, is, well, we talk often, but very often in those conversations, you'll tell me a truth that you might not have told anybody else yet, or maybe you've told a few people, but 
it's just part of your practice of sharing a vulnerability, sharing an insight. And that's that's leading edge personal development right there when you have the self-awareness to know what needs to change, what's holding you back, what alienates people in your relationships, and what can you do to change that? And AA and, and Landmark, which for those of you that don't know Landmark, that's, that's a global 40-year-old transformational program that you can go to events and learn about you and your leadership and your character and your perspectives and your beliefs and how you land in the world and how you land with other people. And, you know, network marketing is, you know, we all, everybody's got, you know, the best products, the products either work and either work for people or they don't. And after that, it's really all about who can we inspire? Who believes us? Who wants to follow us? Who do we empower and who feels safe around us? And it's really all about the personal dynamic. That's how you build a team that and work ethic. And uh, so tell us about work ethic, Tom. Tell us about like, what does it take? You know, most of the people watching this are probably in network marketing uh, or they could be in any kind of entrepreneurial enterprise uh, or they could be not. They could just be working a job. But what does it take, like work ethic? Like uh, I think Ron Henley or somebody dropped in their single daily action. What's that all about? What is the habits every day that a networker needs to deploy, and how long do they need to do it before they can build a successful team? So, the answer in every area of my life, whether it's my spirituality, whether it's my sobriety, whether it's my personal life, or whether it's my business, what it takes is all you got. And once you get that and stop thinking there's some sort of shortcut on any of those fronts, whether it's my marriage, which is work, whether it's my children, which is work, whether it's all, you know, I'm a very mixed up man, so that's work. It is ongoing. And I get up every day, really early, really, really early. And I start my day with uh, a motivational call for a lot of people. And people from every company you can imagine dial in on this thing. And it's hysterical because it's like the Seinfeld show. And I spend about 45 minutes loving people on Zoom, cameras on, making sure that they don't have to feel invisible anymore. Because the hair on fire call. That's the hair on fire call. I stole the name hair on fire from you. You can see the word Mach 2 hair on fire over my shoulder. Right. Oh, no, I took it down. Why did I take it down? I wonder if it fell through the window. Probably down in the kitchen. You know, the book's right here. But I had that, that thing that you did for me, that beautiful collage that you framed of the four-year career. Oh, it was because of my other camera. So that's why you can't see it. But anyway, yeah, so I stole the name, the hair on fire from him. And I've been doing this call every morning for 12 years. And everybody thinks I'm just such a great guy. But it's not that. It gets me out of bed and it starts me. And it puts me in communication with the, what's the most important thing to me, which is other human beings. And all of most people think the, the uh, opposite of addiction is whatever they're addicted to, sugar or alcohol or drugs or whatever it might be. The opposite of addiction is true human connection. And if you find yourself isolating, you're going to find yourself eating. You're going to find yourself doing something stupid or you're gonna find yourself overdoing something good because you're hiding from yourself and people. So that's what that's why I do that call. I get done with that, I spend about a half an hour and I've already spent some time in, in thought, in meditation. And, um, and I guess it's meditation, it's, it's, not, it's not prayer because uh, I'm a terrible prayer. I think I listen to God pretty well. So uh, People know for a fact I'm a pretty good bather, if you know me. And so I have this unbelievable bathtub and I just hop in that baby in the morning and spend a little time thinking. And then I hop out, do that hair on fire call. Then I try to do a Facebook live or a reel or whatever the hell the, the gimmick of the day is for all the yuppies. And then I uh, do my AA meeting for an hour. And that, that completely centers me 
to do my day the way I want to. And then I look at my day timer because those things are non-negotiable and I've got a ton of things going on. And my entire goal for the day is to interview two people a day, like no kidding, interview them and find out their blood type, find out what makes them tick, never ever with an agenda and just documenting those people so I can put them on a rotation of remember in their life. So on a very regular basis, I'm sending them a text message or a phone call and saying something nice, personal to them, that's not some stupid, pithy autoresponder. And at the end of the day, they get that like every three months. I, I have Richard on a autoresponder on something and he always comments that I have him on one. So when he started lying, laughing right then, he knew I was lying and he started laughing and I had to confess. So anyway, uh, for the, I can't believe you did this. Yeah, I did, I did. <laughs> let me help you out. So what Tom's talking about here is networking, right? He's talking about the coffee shop interview, which he designed and wrote the book on. And so I want you to drill into that, Tom. And so the coffee shop interview is just all about getting to know people. And one of the distinctions that Tom is famous for and has helped hundreds of thousands of people in network marketing understand is, when you put a target on people's back and you see them as a prospect and your conversation has the agenda of recruiting them, they feel that and it alienates them. And there's a different way to do it, which is just love them, get to know people, love people, be curious about people and let it go wherever it goes. And that's the coffee shop interview. And Dom, I want you to drill down on that. And then from that, you got this connection, right? What do you do with the connection? Well, what most of us do with the connection is nothing. We get we connect with somebody, we meet somebody, we get to know them a little bit, and that's the last time we think about them. That's the last time we reach out until maybe we need something. Or, But Tom is a professional and has taught hundreds of thousands of people how to be a professional in following up, in connecting with people. And it's not necessarily about recruiting. It's about building a network of friends, of colleagues, of a community of people that, I mean, you know, Tom, you are rich with stories about how your community has relied on you to help them and how you've relied on your community just to get through life, right? Yeah. To, to get into a concert or, um, you know, to meet an attorney you need to meet or you know, find a hotel you need to find, right? It's just, hey, the our wealth in life is really our net worth equals our network. And the wealth is that community of people that trust us and like us because we're not using them and we're not abusing them. So talk about the coffee shop interview and I'll help you. And then talk about the CRM that you use for, you know, remembering people called contactmapping.com. Talk about that. Okay, so let's just tell stories instead of talk because it sounds like I'm a carny salesman. So there's a guy in the comments right named Kurt, Kirk Barber. And this morning, early, I get a note from Kirk Barber. I go, Kirk, what's going on? And he said, I need a patent attorney ASAP. And I go, Fine. I don't know Kirk very well. We are colleagues and we're peers, but certainly not best friends. So I'm going, who do I know? So I thought about Michael Lecter, who's the son of the husband of Sharon Lecter, who is the co-author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I thought, there's no way in the world that ASAP is going to work with Michael Lecter because he's 100, number one. He might even be retired. And number two, he's so busy, he's not going to be able to do anything ASAP. So I started thinking a little bit and I go, God, I know another patent attorney and the guy's name, I, I met him with Ryan Enright. So I, this app he talked about, I put Ryan Enright's name into it. And all of a sudden, everybody that was affiliated with Ryan Enright and I came up and it was a big pile. So then I remembered I met him at the Bronco game. So I put Bronco in and up pops the name of the patent attorney. So I immediately sent him a note. So I look in my phone and this, I have remembered this patent attorney forever, every month. I mean, every three months, I've just said, hey, how you doing? Have you gone to the Bronco game? Something just to keep him in play. And I look at 
his notes and the jerk has never responded to me. So I cussed him out first. I said, <laughs> you are a terrible text responder. <laughs> so he doesn't respond again. And then I said, by the way, I've got a client for you. Are you still doing patent and trademark work? Holy mackerel. Oh yeah, Tom, I got it. So I hooked him up with Kirk. That's what I did. That's all it is, is have, I am directory assistance. I am the connector of connectors and I'll not make a penny on that except a ton of goodwill. And I know everybody who knows somebody and I know nothing, but I know everybody. So what I do is I talk to you, I interview you, I document the interview verbally after we're done talking in my contact mapping app, I hit save, it saves it. So it's in my phone all the time and on my desktop. And then I put you on a rotation and remember of like every three months. And I just shoot you a note every three months and say something nice about your life that you taught me the very, very first time we spoke. And you swallow your cigar because all anybody wants to do is be remembered. And as a result, I've got 16,000 people, vibrant, alive, relevant in my phone. So there's nothing I can't do to help another human being. And so my job is to everybody, you know, this is my monomaniacal mission to make everybody feel better having met me than when they got there. And when I, I flew down to see Robert Kiyosaki last week, you know that, and I was in the meeting and at the end of the meeting, Kiyosaki went around the table and said, okay, what did everybody get from this meeting? And I, when they got to me and I said, what I, and, and so that Ken McElroy, your buddy, the billionaire, real estate, Mona Gambetta, the president of Rich Dad, Blair Singer, the president of Sales Dogs, they're all sitting there. They all make me look like a BB on a four lane highway. And I looked him right in the eye and he, I said, my biggest question is how you guys ever lived your life this long without me. And they <laughs> swallowed their cigar. And it's true. Is that cool enough? Yeah, because, well, I told you, you know, if I'd have practiced your art of just staying connected, remembering who people are and staying connected, if I'd have practiced that art the last 40 years, um, I'd, I'd probably be worth $10 billion. More importantly, I probably would have helped, you know, 100 million people instead of maybe 100,000. It's such a powerful way to live your life because you're in service to everyone you meet and the agenda is just to be in service and people will say well you know okay but aren't you building a network and aren't, aren't you trying to earn money and recruit people and sell product and yeah th that's one of the things that you're doing but tom i know you get as much or or much greater gratitude out of helping somebody get sober than you do recruiting them into your business I There's a lot of ways to be successful in life beyond just what your income is. But I, I want you to help people understand, okay, you're like Johnny Appleseed and you know everybody in the world and you're loving and helping everybody in the world. How do you actually transition that? How, when, what's the language to offering people your product or opportunity because most of the people here they want to learn how do I build a network that pays me correct and one of the things I've heard you talk about in the coffee shop interview is how you circle back with people a week or two or three later and say hey I've been thinking about what you said could you drill down on that yeah so I call it the BLTs like a bacon lettuce and tomato sandwich and I believe that if people believe that they're, they belong in your tribe, B, they belong in your tribe. If people know that you love them, L, if they can trust you, T, if they are safe with you, they'll do anything with you. So it's my belief that if I can create those four things with people, when the time comes for them to need something, I'm gonna be the guy they call. And if the time comes and I've got that developed with them, that I believe they need something that I've got, they're going to they're gonna buy what I'm selling 
even though they don't know what it is. So you call me on the phone and say, I need a thousand dollars. I'm going to say, go jump in a lake. We're friends and we've done everything. We, it's a lot of stuff. Richard Brooke calls up and says, I need 500 bucks. Uh, I'm getting in the deal. I'm sending the money. I'm not going to say what's it for. I'm sending the money because we've got the BLTs together. And so I work so hard to create those BLTs that once I do that, at any given moment, I can, and it could be tomorrow. You told me you've got neck pain. You told me you've got a sore arm. You told me you want to lose some weight. You told me you hate your upline. Those are all things that, swear to God, those are all things that I can come back to, say, I've been thinking about you, and I want to send you a video. I want to send you an idea. I want to send you a video that I've created with my buddy Richard Brooke, and I just want you to have an idea of what I'm doing, because what you're suffering with, I think I have a cure for. And the credibility was already there because you didn't call them out of the sky blue with an agenda. You interviewed them with love and then went back and served instead of sold. It became transformational instead of transactional. And your batting average went up 10 times. And if you did the coffee shop interview right, and I don't even, I can't believe I can't find, there's one. You know, the trouble with it, you know, is we don't lock the doors and the burglars come by all the time and they don't steal the money. They steal this darn book. So here's the coffee shop interview book. And so inside of it, all it says truly is find out what pops their eyes open at two o'clock in the morning, find out what they want to buy, find out what they don't want to buy and wait a couple of days and offer them what they said they wanted to buy and don't bring up what they said they don't wanna buy. I have a really good tip for you. In, in that interview, you ask them if they like network marketing, they said they'll, they hate it and they'll never do it again. Don't call them in two days and say, do you wanna to go to a meeting? They're gonna <laughs> say no and you're gonna jump out the window. But they already told you they're gonna say no and you decided to try to manipulate them to a yes. Just be with their no until they see you as a human being where they can finally see that maybe what you're doing isn't a pyramid scheme or a scam. It is you being real with people, giving them a chance to be dropped where they want to be versus where your agenda takes them. And all of a sudden your batting average goes up to the high 800s from the zeros. That's what happens. I promise you. And yeah. something happened. And, you know, I've been doing this for a long time now. And everybody thinks that they want leads. And leads, 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 leads. And I've bought more leads than any human being in the world. And I send them to people and it's the end of the world. So my son, Adrian, who's a brilliant guy, and his partner, Rick Manelius, who has a PhD from MIT, built contact mapping. But all of a sudden, we walked into this storm about six months ago called artificial intelligence. And we, Adrian and I and Rick Manelius had a, cat, a chat, and we realized that's the future, and we have to embrace it. So we said, what happens if we know the blood type of a lead? If we could use artificial intelligence to have that lead, figure out their personality, speak straight into their listening, sell them what they want to buy, that lead would turn from a piece of paper with a name on it into an absolute gold mine. And so we partnered with this company called NowSight to bring artificial intelligence as our friend instead of a confusing adversary into it. In the last three months of Adrian, not my life so much because I'm not very smart, these guys are crushing it because they've got leads that are alive instead of a name and a phone number on a piece of paper where you X date them like an insurance salesman. And that's changed a lot of lives. And I'm in shock at how well it's working. So we're just trying to stay in front of where the world's headed and win. And that's what you do, Richard. And that's why I love you so much because you are a traditional network marketer that's not afraid to use the tools to make 
one plus one equals 20. And that's what we're up to too. But what we're trying to do with artificial intelligence is humanize it instead of getting eaten by it. And we think we've accomplished that. Yeah, you got a big fan here watching Jim Packard. Oh, we love Packard, man. And his book is a bestseller. I sent him a note a couple of days ago because no offense, Richard, so many people call me and tell me how that crazy consistency change, change just changed their life. You know, and his partner's a comedian. It's kind of funny. Uh, it's just adorable, these two guys, because they're a couple of dinosaurs like you and I too, but they understand the most important thing is treating people like human beings. I love his book. I obviously love all of yours. Yeah, we, I interviewed them both uh, for the consistency chain. It's in my podcast. Maybe Amber can drop a link of it if people want to watch it. So, Tom, a uh, lot going on in the network marketing profession the last few years. You know, we got the pandemic and that was, you know, changed everything for people. And now we're coming out of the pandemic and a lot of stuff going on with e-commerce and the buying habits of people and a lot of network marketing companies looking at affiliate programs and influencer programs and a lot of pressure from, you know, the Federal Trade Commission about our model and the claims that we make. and what do you what do you see for the future of network marketing? So if I'm if I'm an up and comer or I'm somebody that wants to build my future in network marketing, what kind of company do I need to align with and how do I need to conduct myself so that when I build something, I get paid forever? What do you see as the what is the future of this model of building it the way you and I did where probably the number one economic motive was we wanted to build something once and get paid forever. Not that we wanted to retire and sit on a beach and ignore what we built, you know, maybe not that much different than real estate, right? If you build a $5 million real estate empire, you still have to fix the roofs and make sure that there's tenants in the buildings, right? You can't just ignore it. But that's the big motive for people is build it once, get paid forever. What do you see as the future of network marketing regarding that offer, that promise? Number one, I don't think anybody's that smart. And I don't want to be that smart. Robert Kiyosaki, when I was with him last week, said, I go in the bank all the time to get money and they never want to see my report card. And that's kind of true. I thought that was a great line. And uh <clears throat> Here's the deal. The opportunity of a lifetime is only as good as the lifetime of the opportunity. And the past has a tendency to dictate the future. So if a company's got 10 years behind it, there's a case to be made that they've got 10 years in front. And there's obviously, we've seen the Zangos and the Agiles and other companies go out of business that we never dreamt would go out of business. But But, but one of the things you want to make sure you have when you have residual income is that you pay your internet bill so they don't shut you off right in the middle of your live podcast. So I'll, while Tom's fixing his camera, I'll cover for him. So that's one of the greatest cliches and lines. The opportunity of a lifetime is only as good as the lifetime of the opportunity. And, you know, part of that is, the company itself, who's running the company, how well financed is it, or how smart are they to stay out of trouble? But the real core essence of what provides us with a lifetime of income is the products and whether or not people are going to be buying those products for as long as you want to be paid. Right? So one of the questions I love to ask people I'm coaching or people that come to me and say, hey, what do you think about this company? Is the question I'll ask them is, well, if you're fortunate enough, smart enough, focused enough to build a team and a customer base, how long do you want to get paid? And people don't think about that. But when you ask the question, they go, oh, well, I want to get paid forever. Okay. Well, forever's a long time, right? Are you talking about 30 years, 50 years, 100 years? How long is forever? And so somebody says, well, you know, maybe, you know, for the rest of my life. 
okay. So when you pass away, you want your spouse to not ever get your check? You don't want your kids to get your check? Oh, yeah, I want my kids to get your my check. Well, what happens when your kids pass away? You want your grandkids to get your check? Yeah. Well, now we're talking about forever, right? We're talking about multi-generational income. And so the question is, who's going to be buying this product that you're so excited about selling 50 years from now? Really, think about it. What is that product? If it's a service or a technology, if it's a service, it's going to end up being free within a matter of years. If it's a technology, it's going to get invented into irrelevance within a few years. If you want to know what kind of products to build and get paid forever, look for clues because success leaves clues, right? The companies that have been around for 40, 50, 60, 70 years, what do they sell? Maybe think about selling something like that. Welcome back, Tom. Looks like you got a brand new camera. Well, yeah, I'm back and I'm back now. I'm what a day I've had technology-wise, which is speaks straight to your point. I mean, it's gonna fail you. And I don't know if I the line I left with, I think, was the opportunity of a lifetime is only as good as the lifetime of the opportunity. You're taken on when you enroll somebody, especially as a business builder, not necessarily products, you're taking on the responsibility of those people in their life. They look to you with the BLTs like you are their chance to get out of the, tri of, of the trick bag. And they haven't experienced the company yet. They haven't experienced the comp plan or the product yet. It's all faith in you. And take that seriously. I talk to so many people, well, I'll do this for a while and then I'll go do the next one. And I look at that and I go, oh my gosh, no way. You can't take people off of cliffs like that. And nothing's worse than I've been around, I'm 100 years old. I've been around waking up in the morning and being out of business in a network marketing company and have to call all those people and say we're out of business. And, I'll, and half of them, even today, still blame me for that company going out of business, which is ridiculous. I wasn't the company, I was the main guy, but I sure as heck wasn't the guy that took them down the drain but they got to blame somebody. So they blamed me. So today uh, you asked me what company I would choose. I would choose a company with some time under their belt that are acting like a startup. So I would go find a startup with stability. And <clears throat> I am, uh, I've changed my tune a little bit over the last few years about company loyalty to the distributors because all you ever hear anybody, they always go, oh, be loyal to the company, be this, be that. And I agree with that if the company is loyal to you. But in this ever-changing world, they're changing the policies and procedures to their benefit. They've got the ability to wipe you out in a heartbeat. They've got history of wiping people out in a heartbeat. Do some due diligence and don't jump in the foxhole with them because as good as you are, you are just a transaction to them. And that is a sad, sad reality. And get with people that have a track record of treating people like human beings, not ID numbers. That's my biggest advice. And those companies, unfortunately, are few and far between. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta find an owner that remembers how the company was built and who built the company to begin with, somebody that honors that build, honors that leadership, honors that pioneering sacrifice. Because all too often companies forget and they think only about, well, what do we need to do for the next three or four years to, to be expeditious? And they sacrifice people that built the company. And so, you know, it's tough. Finding the right company is tough. You gotta do your due diligence. And, you know, if you're brand new, you don't think about that stuff. You just join whatever company somebody offers you. But for those of you listening that may ever be in between companies, next time you have an opportunity to choose a company, choose wisely because your future depends on it. And so does everybody you lead to the opportunity. 
Tom, there's something I want you to, uh, a couple things I want you to close with, and I want to take you back to the non-negotiables, the bathtub meditation or whatever you call it, the hair on fire call, the bit of marketing that you do, which might be a live of some sort, then the um, AA Zoom. Four things, single daily action, non-negotiable. I want you to talk about how important it is that those are done every day, as opposed to whenever you feel like it, whenever it's convenient, whenever you're not too busy, whenever you're on fire about it. Speak to the difference between what, what does consistency end up building versus how almost everybody else does it. Whenever they feel like it. Well, you can take a look across the board at all the leaders. And every one of them have this DMO that is so rock solid that it's just impossible to believe. And my personality dictates that left to my own devices, I would have an appointment book all day long filled with appointments. And I would be this tightly wound, boring 72-year-old mass of fat. And I purposely don't do that. I get the important stuff out of the road, out, out of the way in the morning. And then I spend the rest of the day trusting God to put me in front of people that need to be in front of. And I never say no to anybody. And that's as a result of a book called The Surrender Experiment, because I spent 37 years of my life manipulating the universe to a bad result. And now I just show up and say yes. And and I never want to do what I'm doing, but it always works out 10 times better than what my plan was. So I want you to, I want you to have that muscle developed right now, two people at a time. I've got 16,000 people in my phone and I can't keep up with all the people that want me to help them stay sober, become better at relationships, and buy my product and build a business with me. The list is miles long. And my monomaniacal goal is teaching people to do that with integrity and truth versus smoke and mirrors. And because I've got that purpose that works across all three of those fronts, it's exactly the same. AA is the same as contact mapping and contact mapping is the same as Alcoholics Anonymous. So all three things I do all day long are exactly the same. And it sits so perfectly because I just get to show up and have fun. I wanna go back to something that you said. You find all of us think there's a better company out there but Richard Brooke gives credit to Tom Schreider and Tom Schreider gives credit to Richard Brooke. Find the company you're gonna spend the rest of your life with that you're gonna have problems with and never quit. And don't leave that company until they tell you they don't want you anymore. <laughs> and which happens, they, you know, it happens. They just say, you know, we're not going the same place. We've got different goals and we don't need you anymore and feel free to sell your downline or just go your merry way and that may happen but i'm going to tell you between here and there unless your company goes broke you've built a big organization and you put your friends in there and you owe them to stick through the tough times just like you did with your marriage and other things does that make sense yeah, yeah that's beautiful thanks tom so uh in closing how about you give these people a call to action what are three things everybody watching this interview could do today to move them in the direction of momentum, the right kind of momentum? Three okay. Things. So, no, I'm not giving you three. I'm giving you one. 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 I want you to think right now of the 10 people that you know the that you love the most in your life, your wife your kids, your mom and dad, your best friends, your pickleball friends, whatever it is, those 10 people. And I want you to send them a text right now with their name in it and say something that you love about them. Say, what can I do to make your life better? Give me a call sometime and watch the miracle happen.
and they're going to go, holy mackerel, Tom Chenault's drinking again. And then you're going to say, they're going to, they're going to write you back and you're going to document that. And you're going to remember that. And you're going to start re-interviewing them for the human being they are today versus the human being the last time you got to, that you really took the time to know your friends. And that's going to be your first 10 people that you put a rotation of remember on. And you're going to start seeing your friendships, your children, your parents, those things coming back to life. And you're going to realize Tom Chenault's right. And Harvey and Sally Atchison were the best friends of my mom and dad. So my mom and dad died in their 90s and Harvey and Sally were getting up there. And my parent and Harvey and Sa and my parents died. And uh, I loved Harvey and Sally. So I called Harvey and Sally uh, one day out of the sky blue. And I said, Harvey, how's it going? Tell me about your life. I, was, I loved how you treated my parents. I really miss you. I really miss Sally. How are your children doing? And uh, we hung up the phone. 15 minutes later, my sister calls me. And she goes, Tommy. I go, what? She goes, are you okay? And I go, why is that? And she said, my God, Harvey Atchison just called me. I go, why? He thought you were drunk. You didn't ask for money. You didn't ask for anything. You didn't try to sell him anything. You were exactly the opposite. He thinks you're like crazy or drunk because people can't be with you loving them with no agenda. Please try that today with 10 people that you love and watch the miracle happen because it will be a miracle and it will happen. And then document it, put them on a three month rotation and remember, and you're gonna feel so much better that you'll start doing that with two people every day. And the next thing you're gonna know, you're gonna be Richard Brooke. <laughs> Thank you, Tom Chanel. That's a beautiful ending to a potent interview. Hey gang, share this with your teams, share this with your channel. You can find Tom Chenault. Just type, type into Google, Tom Chenault. He'll show up everywhere. <laughs> Connect with him on social media. Go to contact mapping. Get connected. This guy can help you, whether it's get sober, get wealthy, or just get loved by a whole bunch of people. Thank you, Tom, for your time this morning and your brilliance. Hey, everybody, come back. At noon Pacific time, we have another Authentic Networker uh, podcast interview with Rudy Revac, who's a Hall of Fame member in network marketing and a 50-year veteran of our profession, one of the most successful people in it, in two hours. Thank you, Tom. I love you, baby. I'm coming back for that interview. I'll see you all later. Have fun today. Bye, everybody.